You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens, 75 high quality vitamins to help you start your day just the way you want to start your day, which is right. And of course, betonline.ag fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, the Patriots blasted the Colts on Sunday, 26 to three. We improved to eight and one. If you're keeping track at home. Our picks. Uh, this one I felt was a, was a pretty easy one, uh, given all the circumstances and given that Colts team. And as we saw, Frank Reich is now gone uh, from Indianapolis. Jeff Saturday is in. Let's start with the very, very good defensively. Uh, your thoughts about the game overall, and, and start with the defense. Yeah, I thought the defense completely overwhelmed um, the Colts. We knew going in that the Colts' offensive line wasn't very good. They were down, I think they were to the third third left tackle, and then they also benched their right guard, um, Pryor, who on film to me was one of the weakest parts of their team, and the Patriots went right after him. Yeah. With stunts early on, and like for the first play of the game. I mean, it was just pretty easy. They, they got Judon on the left side, came under. Pryor just couldn't move his feet quick enough, and they just kept doing that over and over again, and they just... Uh, overwhelmed the Colts who, you know, didn't have Jonathan Taylor, their running back, didn't have, they had just traded away Naheem Hines, uh, their, their really good sort of scat running back. And so, and, and they're going with Sam Ellinger and apparently, you know, Jeff Saturday said he's going to continue to start. They're gonna, so they're going to ride this thing into the ground. Um, and it started with the Patriots game. Uh, you know, they, they did play better. They held a lead against Washington the week before. Say what you want about Washington. But the the big thing, you know, Nick, that surprised me about this game, because I thought, you know, we picked the Patriots to win and cover the spread. And I think I picked it somewhere around like 20 to 10 or something like that. Like, I thought the Colts would do something offensively, because what I saw in film with them against Washington was, you know, they did a lot of sort of. Uh, you know, quick game behind the line, move the quarterback. Like I thought they were, and then I thought they would build on that. Look at the film that the bears had against with Justin Fields against the Patriots and do more of that stuff. Not that Ellinger's Justin Fields or anything, but he can move a little bit. And that's actually the best part of his game as a quarterback. It was coming out that he's, he's a tough son of a gun. He can, he, he can make plays with his feet. Like he's almost like a, 
you know, almost like a safety playing quarterback, sort of, you know, Tebow-esque, um, very similar to Ryan Tannehill when he first started in this league. And I thought they would do more of that stuff, and they just did none of that stuff. It was yeah. just like real simple drop back, handoff, like conventional stuff. And, you know, once I saw that, I was like, Oof, this game's over. The creativity or lack thereof from the offensive play calling was stunning to me. I tweeted at Nick C radio. I know all of you follow Greg, give me a follow <laughs> at Nick C radio on Twitter. Uh, but I-, I tweeted out during the game. I, I was shocked that they did not use their mobile quarterback. Like if you look and you and I have talked about this, the, the issue for the Patriots defense, and it's been consistent is their inability to defend mobile quarterbacks. We saw it with Justin Fields. We saw it with Lamar Jackson. We saw it with Josh Allen. You go back to Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago from a few years ago. And the fact that they had like zero designed runs, I mean, they they tried it once or twice with some read option stuff, but I thought for sure they would get Ellinger, you know, out of the pocket, move him around more, use his legs with some of the read option things that you can do. And and they did none of that. It, It was... It was just straight X's and O's, and I thought, and it's not to take anything away from the the Patriots' defense because they were exceptional, especially, again, Matthew Judon and Josh Uche really popped in this one as well. But, you know, when you go back and you watch that game, man, uh, there was just no creativity. And, of course, Frank Reich, it, it helped cost him his job. I think the Colts are tanking. If you look, they have the fifth toughest schedule remaining uh, in the NFL. They're sitting at 14 right now. They want a young quarterback. I think they they roll with Jeff Saturday. They give him some money. He does a solid for Ursay, and they just continue to tank the rest of the year. Before we get to the offense, Greg, for the Patriots, it, it, it is a part of this conversation. So Reich is no longer an Indy, and, and I'm wondering would it make sense for Bill Belichick to place a phone call and and bring try to bring Reich in as a consultant to this offense or or some kind of coaching role offensively because he is aside from what you saw on Sunday he is a well-regarded play caller as we go back to the Eagles days which none of us want to remember but he he's got a really good resume when it comes to you know running an offense and and being creative any thought to that Bel- Belichick picking up a phone do they have a relationship any shot of that or is he too married to Patricia no, uh, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if they have any sort of relationship. Um, you know, not Reich specifically, but if, if I would be, and, and it would be a little bit tough because it is sort of, you know, different schemes. I don't think, you know, what Reich has done in his past really fits into what the Patriots do. But like, in but your general concept and your general question, I'm all in favor of. I mean, you know, this is I I don't know why they just and I'm sure we'll get into more into this about, you know, where the offense is and, and you know, how do you sort of fix things and what are some of the big problems with this unit? But, you know, just somebody who can come in and, and lend a hand to, you know, Matt Patricia, because it's obvious that with the failings on the offensive line and with the offense as a whole, um, he's 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 drowning right now. 
and uh, any I bring in Charlie Weiss. I don't really care. Like just bring somebody in to help and say, like, you know, point them in the right direction and say, okay, this is what you want to do, but this is really the way you need to do it in terms of an offense and a quarterback and things like that. I Frank Reich is I I have a ton of respect for him. I think he's a really good offense coordinator. I thought he was a really good head coach. Just you know, things got off the rails with the quarterback position and. Uh, their personnel in the offensive line, but um, there's no question that uh, he 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 knows how to coach and he knows how to coach offensive football. So I would be all f- all in favor of him or anybody of, uh, else of his ilk coming in and helping the Patriots. Yeah, I mean that dude had Jacoby Brissett, he had Carson Wentz, he had Matt Ryan. He was given Ellinger to to try to you know work on him. He hasn't had many good quarter. He, he thought he was walking into Andrew Luck. And ended up with all of that, which is just tr- yeah. like just awful bad luck for him. No pun intended. All right, offensively, you said Patricia is drowning. I- I'm just going to lay this out here as a layman, and then I want you to break it down as a guy who studies the film and and has done this for a long, long time. What I see from this offense is zero creativity, zero misdirection pre-snap, um, maybe every once in a grand while. Uh, not of not a ton of RPO this past weekend. When you go back two weeks ago, they did run more RPO and, and just an overall feel, Greg, like they don't utilize their weapons. Like you, you draft Tyquan Thornton because of his unbelievable speed, but you're not running jet sweeps with him. You're not giving him any kind of screen passes. You're not really putting him in a position to utilize the speed. So that's what I see. What did you see on Sunday? Well, I mean, just overall, I mean, what I see is an offense that's completely broken at this point. And, you know, look, it's nine games into the season. The season is not over. The bye week's coming. They could get this thing back together somehow in some sort of form. Um, I I am not ruling that out, um, despite even what we saw in the summer. I never buried this offense and say they're going to be totally inept. I figured they would get it together at some point it, it hasn't happened here and really it's only happened in two games and of course the ba- Bailey Z- Zappy Zealots out there want to say like well this offense worked when Bailey was out there and that's a whole different discussion where people don't want to use context but just the, the the short answer to that is okay fine it worked well against the Browns and the Lions so we won't talk about their defenses or anything like that how'd it look in the second half against the Bears okay which I mean, if you if you took Bailey Zappi outside of two plays that they made, wide open guy and a jump ball, how did it look against the Bears? And did it look any different than the offense? How the offenses looked the past two games? Not really. And so, you know, to me, this all starts with the offensive line. The offensive line is a complete disaster at this point. Um, this past week, even though it was a little bit better. Um, and, and some of this might have been dictated by score in the second half, but they gave up again. Pressure was 38%. That's a lot. I mean, it's not the 48% it's been, but that's still <laughs> a lot for a pocket passer. Their stuff percentage in the running game, 45% this week. I mean, that's just, My word. it's, it's atrocious. So, so even before you get into the quarterback and I know people love to talk about the quarterback and they think that just because they had Tom Brady here, that you can snap a finger and a, and, and a good quarterback's going to make everything better. It's just not the way it works for the other 31 teams. You know, when you don't have the greatest quarterback of all time, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's not how it works. 
and you you need everything to work when you don't have Tom Brady or at least you know some of it um you know they 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 cannot they can't block the run which we figured they would be able to do coming into this year they can't pass block that now they're now they're you know going in and out with personnel started Yadni Kajus they must listen to the podcast because I was yelling last week about like if he can't start at right tackle now, what's he doing on this roster? So now he's out here starting and you know, he was okay. <laughs> um, I thought that uh, I'm just looking at my stats. I thought that he, he did a good job in the running game, a little bit of a tough time in the, in the pass protection. Uh, but you know, that puts him in with everybody else. You know, Cole strange gets benched in this game uh, for the second straight game. Uh, now they're putting Isaiah Wynn at guard and like, you know, of course, they didn't have David Andrews, so that, you know, hurts. But, um, you know, any good offense, you need a foundation. And the foundation of any offense is the offensive line. I know people love to ignore it. They love to make fun of me for, for concentrating on the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, what ha- when an offense goes bad, it's usually because the offensive line is bad. And right now, it's bad. Matt Patricia is the coach of that. That to me is job number one. And, and even before we get into Mac Jones and his issues, you know, they got to figure out a way to block things better. And, 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 you know, in the running game, pass protection, like start there. Once you start there and are better there, then other things have a chance, have a chance at working before you can get into the quarterbacks or the weapons. And I completely agree with you. I was going through some of my stats and I'm like, wait a minute. Did, did Kendrick Bourne played in this game? Did, did you know Nelson Aguilar played in this game? Lynn Bowden played in this game? Like I, I don't even remember them out there. And so you know, even before you get into that stuff, you have to talk about the offensive line. And right now, that that unit has just gone done a complete nosedive uh, from uh, from earlier this season. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it, it's just bad football up front. And you hope David Andrews comes back from the concussion with the bye week now, and they they settle it a little bit. Cole Strange has been a disaster without David Andrews. And Mm -hmm. first-round pick, not ideal, right? So you don't want to be benching your first-round pick in back-to-back weeks when you're in the middle of a football season. And that's where the Patriots are with Cole Strange. He's not been good enough. Simple as that. And, you know, you, you look on the right side, it's been a problem. I, I'd say at least Kajust wasn't an absolute train wreck, which is an upgrade from what they've had. Maybe win at guard is going to work out. May, maybe that's what you think about. Maybe you move him to right guard and, you know, Owenu to, to right. tackle if Kajust doesn't work out. But we should not be – here's the problem. Here's the problem, folks. These are the conversations that you should not be having in the middle of a season. You should not be trying to figure out your offensive line combinations and who is starting for you in front of who is supposed to be your franchise quarterback. And because you're having these conversations, you screwed up. As simple as that. And we've talked about it before. Patricia is is just spread too thin, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, trying to learn how to be an OC. And, and, and some of, if not most of his issues uh, have to do with that. Like I'm telling you from personal experience, I've had two full-time jobs here in Sacramento over the last year. And it's really difficult to do two full-time jobs folks, because you're, you're spread thin and you know, you can't always dedicate yourself to one job because you're looking at both jobs. So they have not put him in a position to succeed. The weapons, 
I honestly feel like when you walk in, cause we'll get into Mac Jones very deeply here in a few minutes, but I feel like they walk into a game, Greg, and they say, okay, how can we make sure we get Ramondre Stevenson involved, which is fine by me. Cause Ramondre is the best player on this offense. Yep. But outside yep. of that, outside of that, it's like, what are you doing with the tight ends consistently to make them effective and impactful? What are you doing with Thornton? And you mentioned Bourne and Aguilar. What are you doing to give them some easy catches to utilize their, their, their ability, their, their speed? What are you doing to get the athletic John U. Smith, the football more off? Like it's just, all right, here we, and if I had to see them in the first quarter run on a first down under center into a, a heavy box I was going to smash my television. Like what, what are we, you're constantly at second and nine, second and 10, second and 11 early in this game. Like figure it out. Like Bill Belichick, go to Patricia's. Like, like stop, stop with the in between the tackles run plays up the middle against, you know, stacked boxes, Matt, it's not working, Matt. And finally they throw a screen to Janu and it kind of opened things up a little bit. Like, I just, I don't know what their approach is, Greg, from week to week offensively. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And, um, you know, before we get into Mac, you know, it, it, this is what I'll say about the offense. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm watching it. And Dan Orlovsky had some interesting tweets. I hope he goes on TV and talks about this stuff, you know, at some point. Because I, I want to – I mean, he's, he's an expert. I mean, he's played the position. He knows what it's like. He's been in game planning. And, and he's certainly critical. But, you know – this is the big, the, the overreaching thing with the offense is that, you know, when Belichick named Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense or, you know, didn't name them, just just kept them there, didn't give them titles or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know, you I'm guys sure just part of, yeah, I, I'm sure part of the thinking and we heard this from some of the players and also I think even Patricia, you know, would say himself like his years at defensive coordinator. Uh, give him a lot of insight into defenses and how to attack it. We heard stuff like that. I heard it from the fans like, oh, this is going to give us an edge. We, he knows what he knows what defenses, how they're going to react to certain things and what gives them trouble and stuff like that. OK, that's fine. That's that's all well and good. But the most important job for an offensive coordinator and. You know, I've been spoiled watching some of the guys, whether it's in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy and his guys or Josh McDaniels when he was here and watching these guys. The most important thing isn't it's not the stuff against the defense and figuring out what's going to that's like third, fourth, fifth down the list. The most important thing that an offensive coordinator has to do, a play caller has to do is figure out, okay, where are my players where are my offensive players and how do I get them to ball? How do I put them in position to succeed? What do I need to do to get my quarterback into a rhythm when obviously he's out of rhythm or he's been beaten up or there's been a lot of pressure? Like, you know, how do I do that? Before you even get into the defense, you got to take care of your own guys. And to me, that's where the disconnect is that, you know, and I, we've mentioned this before that, 
you know, that Matt Patricia doesn't have any idea how to help Mac Jones. That's the thing. It's like, I don't care what you, what you see on the defense. How are you going to help your quarterback? Because if your quarter, if you can't help your quarterback, none of that stuff matters. It, you know, I made a few good men reference a few weeks ago. I'll make another one here. It's the difference between paper law and trial law. Like it's one thing to think about this stuff in meetings. It's another thing in the game, in the courtroom to say, okay, that didn't work. So what are we going to do to put it back on track? He obviously has no idea how to do that or else nine weeks into the season, they wouldn't be here. And, and it's against any defense that's worth assault, not the lions, not the Browns, you know, missing some of their best players, but against, you know, some pretty good defenses with guys in the secondary who cover like, you know, the jets aren't blowing any coverages. The bears aren't blowing any coverages. And, uh, you know, this week the Colts are pretty good, you know, with their, you know, cover three zone. At least they have Gilmore and Kenny Moore out there. So you're not going to get a whole lot of bus. And, and, and Patricia just doesn't know how to get things on track. And we'll talk more about Mac after I tell you about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for a month or four months, and I love it. It doesn't take, taste like it's super healthy. It's kind of a mild tropical taste, a little bit minty, and I look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sorts, ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, for people who might think that Greg is just ragging on Matt Patricia or he's just... He's got some kind of bias or he's got some ulterior motive. Let's go to somebody outside of Greg Bedard. And Greg mentioned Dan Orlovsky when you're wondering what's wrong with this offense. And there's there's a tweet exchange between Orlovsky and, and DJ Bean. And here's what Orlovsky tweets first. If anyone tells you it's Mac Jones's issue in New England, they're out of their freaking minds. The offense has completely regressed this player and it's awful. Uh, Bean then jumps in and tweets at Orlovsky wrong. He isn't the problem, but he hasn't been very good. And Orlovsky responds to that. How can a QB be good when the playbook stinks? The play calls stink. The offensive line can't protect. The timing is awful. The spacing is poor and no one wins in their routes. Greg, the floor is yours. Okay. So Dan knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Um, and, you know, what I see is just there's a complete disconnect in the passing game. And, and, and what I and it's led to the point where, 
you know, there are some plays. There was a stretch in the third and fourth quarter where I, I had so for people who so I had Mac Jones as three plus plays, seven minus plays in this game. So he wasn't good. Um, I actually I, I had a fourth, the touchdown pass to Stevenson. I ended up taking it away. I might revisit that. Um, I thought it was a good pass in a t- in a tight spot. And uh, so w- we might revisit that. But anyways, he was not good in this game. And a lot of the issues that I had in the second half, when I had him in the second half, I had him one plus play. Um, it was actually the throw behind, quote unquote, behind Jacoby Myers that everybody's like, oh, yeah. well, that wasn't a good pass. Actually on film, and I don't know this, this is my guess, that Mac was right, that Jacoby Myers just should have turned around and just sat in the zone, and that's where Mac threw the ball. Except Jacoby kept going to the sideline, and that's why it was, quote unquote, behind him. I think Mac saw it right, Jacoby saw it wrong, but it ended up working out. So, you know, good throw from um from Mac, because if he would have let him, and even Archuleta said this on the telecast, it would have been picked off. There was a there was a cornerback coming underneath, and that's why Mac sort of wanted him to stay there. And Jacoby did a nice job adjusting. So in the end, it worked out for everybody. So both of them get pluses on that play. But there were a bunch of plays where, you know, Mac, like there was a throw that he had to Tyquan Thornton, um, and it was in the red zone. In the third quarter, I think it was their second drive. It was after the, it was after the Jacoby Myers fumble. Um, he had Tyquan Thornton one on one, which I didn't. I don't mind the decision. The throw wasn't good. He got a minus on that play. He didn't really give Thornton a chance. But there was a better play, Hunter Henry, in the right seam off of sort of the RPO fake, where it's like, okay, boom, go right to Hunter. But he's not looking there. And and this is puzzling to me. And you see, and I saw this over and over in this game, where you're just like. How come Max not looking over there? How come he's looking over here? And I never had those questions last year with Mac Jones. There were never times where I'm just like, well, he saw this wrong or his eyes are in the wrong place. And so that leads me back to the construct of the offense. And I think this is what Orlovsky's getting at. I mean, there's just a lot of things that are disjointed. Like they'll, they'll have really deep routes. And but Max and the shotgun only in a two step drop. And wh- what's he to get those routes to develop? What's he supposed to do? Stand there for four seconds and then you see some, yeah. some of the panic. Like if you have deep routes, then a good um, then a good uh, a good coordinator says, OK, we, we want to hit these deep routes. Well, OK, then you script it under center play action, a seven step drop. By the time the quarterback gets to his drop. Now the guys are down the field. Now he can make choices. Like, and then the other thing is, is like, there's not, there's no levels to the offense. Like usually with Josh McDaniels, when he would call plays like on the same side of the field, or at least in the general area where the quarterback is looking, you would have a deep option an intermediate option. And then sort of an outlet in this offense, it's either all or nothing. Like there's no levels to the offense. And then when you talk about checkdowns, and I know Archuleta must have mentioned checkdowns a couple times, about 10 times in that game about getting quicker to the checkdowns. Okay, that's fine. But you also have to take into account that, number one, a lot of the checkdowns are being used on chips on the end first. So it's tough to see whether they're going to be open, and they get open very late. 
and but the bigger thing to me is like on that Tyquan Thornton play. So he had Henry, he has Thornton, and then there's an outlet, but it's all the way on the other side of the field. So as a quarterback, Matt Patricia, because he, he doesn't think about it as a quarterback, he thinks about it as a defensive coordinator. As a quarterback, you're like, okay, really, my option number one is Hunter Henry. Okay, I don't like that. Then I'm coming back. I'm moving my shoulders to the left sideline. Now I'm going to look at number two. Then, no, okay, I don't have that. Where's my outlet? It's all the way freaking over here. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense when you watch it on paper. It's just a disjointed freaking mess that you're like, no wonder the quarterback doesn't have any any clue. And you just, you know, you compare it to Zappy, and it was different because, you know, Patricia was confined. He knew Zappy couldn't do a lot. So it was like, all right, we're going under center. Play action. This is your read or this is your read. And it was very simple. Like, this is just like, it's like, all right, here you go, Mac. Like, we're just going to put you in the shotgun. You might do this stupid RPO read, which doesn't do anything at the NFL level. This isn't Alabama anymore. It doesn't freeze anybody. Nobody's fooled because you're not running with the ball. Uh, you know, it's not like you're Lamar Jackson back there or anything. And then we're running all these deep routes and all these guys are all over the field, which, oh, we want to spread the defense out. But like now you need to figure it out behind the line. They can't protect you. Like this is what I see on film a vast majority of the time. And I just I just don't get it. And it just needs to be completely revamped during the bye week and they need to really sort of confine everything and constrict everything going forward or else it's just going to continue to be like this. When Mac Jones was drafted, we talked about his processing ability, his football intelligence, his anticipation, his accuracy, his pocket manipulation and movement. And through the first year of his NFL career, all of that was proven true. Check, 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 check. Now we move into a second season and we start to see that regression and we see the Mac Jones that was there last season and was there at Alabama and was praised throughout the draft process to the point where Kyle Shanahan, if you believe the reports, he wanted to draft Mac at three and the Niners people who, whether it was Jed York or, or Lynch or both kind of talked him out of it and led him to Trey Lance. All of that is starting to regress. And folks, sometimes you just think with common sense. I know in this world where we all yell at each other, uh, by the way, happy election day, uh, mm-hmm. in this world where we all yell at each other and we all, we all want to blame the, this person, that person. Do you think Mac Jones woke up in training camp and just forgot all of the things he was strong at? Do you think he woke up and just forgot how to read defenses do you think he just woke up and lost his accuracy overnight in his early 20s do you think this guy just forgot how to play football what I see and what Greg is telling you and what Dan Orlovsky is is telling you this is a quarterback that we're not saying he's playing great he played better last week than people thought he didn't play well this week but there are reasons for that and Mac looks like a guy who's thinking through everything And he looks like a guy who doesn't trust anything around him, doesn't know what to expect, doesn't doesn't know if he's going to get hammered on any given play because his own line stinks, doesn't know what his offensive coordinator is doing and why he's doing it. He knows more about offense than his offensive coordinator. That should never be that should never be the thing unless you're like Brady playing for 25 years like it's absurd. And we talked about this in the offseason and our number one, our number one concern 
was that they would they would cause a regression from Mac Jones. We I mean, this was predictable. We talked about it before the season kicked off because of what they did, because of the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, too many jobs, too few people, the the changings, the tweaks of the offense, all the stuff we went through. That's why we went through it. And now here we are, fortunately at five and four because the defense is playing well and Nick Folk is a football god. Other than that, what are we, what are we doing here? And, and you're seeing it. And, and the worst thing, I said this before the season, before we get to bet online, three up, three down. The, the worst thing that I said, you know, I said the worst thing that can happen for this football team, I don't even care about the record as much as I care about Mac Jones and his progression. You drafted him 15th in the draft. He's your franchise quarterback. He should be your franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. And if you screw that up, then you screw everything up. And what we're seeing right now is a bad handling of a young quarterback and having a guy in charge of an offense that could not find his ass with two hands and a flashlight at night. That's what we're seeing right now. And until they do some changes, it's going to remain that way. And guess what? Mac ain't going to get better, folks. He's not going to improve when it's a complete bleep show around him. Uh, before we get to three up, three down, bet online, Greg. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, lightning round of three up, three down. Let's start with three up, Greg. Yeah, uh, Matthew Judon, again. I think this is like every game. <laughs> um, I, I, had him, I had him for nine pluses, zero minuses. Uh, Josh wow. Uche, not far behind. Um, you know, five pluses, zero minuses. And then Ramondre Stevenson, uh, eight pluses, zero minuses. Uh, thank God for Ramondre Stevenson in this offense. Could you imagine if they did not have Ramondre Stevenson, Jeez. how bad this thing would look. Uh, well, let's talk about three down. Okay. Uh, Cole strange. Um, he did not play much. I had him for a minus four on 15 plays. Um, he's oh. uh, it's, uh, I still don't uh, look, look, he got off to, even when he came back into the game later in the game, it was like his first three plays were like minus plays. I mean, it was, it's, it's bad. Um, it's almost as bad as the. I don't agree with the benching. I'll just say that um, it's almost as bad as the 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 Mac Jones thing. And like, you know, what are you doing and trying to kill a kid? And are you really getting better with Isaiah Wynn out there? Um, also on my minuses. Let's see. Oh, Kendrick Bourne. I wanted to mention. Um, I thought he he didn't run hard through the route on third, the first third down, had a drop. He had some other issues in the game, including there was a play in the second half where he ran a dog crap route with very little effort. The first time I've ever seen that from him on film. I don't know if he thought it was a running play. Everybody else was running their routes, but he was just jogging down the field. And um, I did not like that. And my third down would be 
I guess it would be Mac Jones. Um, yeah, I just, you know, they need to help him. He needs to be a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, he was not he was not good in this game. He needs more help. Matt, nah, Patricia, I'm throwing him in there. Just pile on that. Like, you're going against, uh, I think DVOA-wise, this was like a top five or six run defense. You're inside the five and you go back-to-back runs. And it's just like, well, you know, nothing, again, nothing creative, nothing pre-snap to throw him off, just straight up, you know, shotgun handoff, shotgun, a little pump fake for the screen that it's not going to work. And then the handoff again, try in between the tackles and you get two run stuffs and now you're third and goal and you got a fire drill on your hands. Like this, it's just not good enough. Uh, the BSJ member question of the day, Greg, of course, thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. Get all the great Boston sports coverage. And you can also check out Greg's film sessions that he does on BSJ, along with his uh, chats that he also takes part in. What do you got for the member question of the day? So Sid asks, um, on the naked boot, and this is from that that drive that I was talking about, the, 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 first, the first play, actually, he's talking about after the Jacoby Myers fumble. Um, why even have Jacoby run a route if Matt can't get him the ball when he's wide open, just a pure clear out decor, honestly, didn't seem like it was that hard of a throw to me. So if you go on to BSJ, you'll see this. I broke down that whole drive. There was some good Mac on the play. There was some bad Mac on the, uh, on that drive and this first play. So what they did was they ran sort of an RPO boot play action. And this is where I'm where this is another example of the disconnect. So they have Jacoby Myers who's open, but he's like 20, 25 yards down the field and Max like rolling to his right. And Mac doesn't throw the ball probably because that's not his type of throw. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Like that's just not what he does. Really. I do think it was really, that's a, that's a clear out route, but the problem was underneath Johnu Smith is supposed to run a little drag across and he should be open in the 10 yard area. And then he could turn and go. The problem is that Johnu, instead of going under the linebacker goes over the linebacker gets hit. And then Stefan Gilmore picks him up. So the, the intermediate route isn't even there. And that's when he came and he threw to Taekwon Thornton. I think it was for five yards right along the sidelines. And so that's just, uh, it, it was a difficult throw to get it out to Myers is not what Mac Jones does. And to me, that's another example of an offensive coordinator, not just not understanding his players and what he needs to do to make them successful. He's Greg. I'm Nick hoping that this offense somehow finds some answers during the bye week and they get to figure some things out, especially up front. And, and we start to allow the young quarterback to do what he does best. Call me crazy. You know, you go through shotgun formation, uh, up-tempo offense, third quarter against the Jets with Mac making some decisions at the line of scrimmage. You march right down the field and you get a touchdown out of it. A lot of short routes, a lot of things like that, like you saw before. And then this game, it was, we're going back to what we've done with some vertical routes and trying to run between the tackles against stacked boxes and some of the stuff Greg's talked about. I, I just feel like it's <laughs> like, they're just literally picking stuff out of a hat at this point going, all right, what do we do here? Let's let's Jeff. Oh, let's run this play. Let, they have to figure this thing out or it's, it's going to get worse folks. And, and let's hope that they do figure it out. So we don't have to witness a football game offensively. Like we had to on Wednesday on Sunday, because uh, it's making me say Wednesday instead of Sunday. That's how bad it was. Uh, he's Greg. I'm Nick Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by athletic greens and BetOnline.ag. Be well, be good and be healthy.